What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Sofa Sports Podcast. I'm Tyler, and I'm joined by Hunter and George. Um, and we're going to be starting off by talking about the NBA All-Star Starters, which were just unveiled last night. All right, so I, I really don't have a problem with the other – I didn't really have a problem with the other starters. Like, all the starters were perfect. Uh, East, oh, like chef's kiss. Like, it was perfect. The one complaint I have about the West, though, is how in the world is Andrew Wiggins a starter? The guy averages 18.1 points per game, 4.2 rebounds per game, and 2.1 assists per game. Like, this is – it's such bullshit. Like – I know Draymond's been injured for the past two months, but, like, still, like, the guy, you see how the Warriors play when he's not around. Even they got Clay back, but Draymond's out. He just brings a whole different mentality to the defense of that team and it allows them to win close games. Um, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I really think the East was, it was kind of locks from the beginning. The only position up for grabs was the one that Trey Young ended up getting, which um, even as a Sixers fan, I should hate Trey Young. I'm happy to see him get a spot. I feel like he went into the season and people were questioning whether he would be as effective with the new rule change on drawing fouls, and he's shown that he's really still quite an impressive player um, and capable of being an all-star and a starter, no less. But I really agree that the problem with, was the West with Andrew Wiggins. Now, Wiggins... Like, first overall pick, and that's a lot to live up to. And I think that as first overall picks go, he's tried his best and hasn't quite reached that level of greatness. Um, and this all-star starter isn't really bolstering that case that he was a good number one overall pick because it just feels so fraudulent. Um, I would so much rather see a guy like Rudy Gobert or Carl Anthony Towns in that position because I feel like they are just so much more impressive players, um, especially since I wouldn't even call – I'd call Wiggins the fourth best player on his team, honestly, behind, obviously, Steph, Clay, and Draymond. And it just – it feels like uh, it diminishes the greatness that the rest of the All-Star starters have when you see him sit next to Wiggins. Yeah, and I mean, when we watched NBA on TNT last night, um, Draymond was third in the voting, or second, or he was right behind Andrew Wiggins, basically. So uh, we know he'll get a spot. Um, I do kind of think he probably deserved the starter spot, although Andrew Wiggins has played more games. Um, I would have probably rather seen Carl Anthony Towns or Rudy Gobert in it, um, especially because when you watch those Warriors games, he's really not making a huge difference difference like you see him blow games more than you see him clutch up and win games <clears throat> and um you know Carl Anthony Towns puts up numbers Rudy Gobert puts up the defensive and rebounding numbers and he still averages you know a good 15 16 points a game um so I think Andrew Wiggins being a starter doesn't seem like the perfect fit but I mean everybody else in the west was good and I know a lot of people said that the Suns should have had at least just one starter since they're the best team in the west which I think is baloney because they play well as a team but, like, Devin Booker is not getting in over John Morant or Steph Curry. Both of them are possibly the best two guards in the NBA right now over DeMar DeRozan and over uh, uh, Trey Young. Or even Luka. I mean, he was right behind them, and I'm I, better than them. I, yeah, I'd yeah, say John Morant. I'm taking John Morant yeah, yeah, I mean, way I mean, over him. I, will, I would have to agree with, though, with your Rudy Gobert thing. Like, he's averaging, like, 16.7 points per game while averaging, like, mm -hmm. 14 rebounds. That's way more impressive than what Wiggins is doing. Like Wiggins is like he's 
he's being a role player and he's not really contributing in ways to his team that he had in the past. And the whole like reason he's a starter that sets him aside is his three point percentage is better because he's just taking less shots. Well, and I think I think the big thing to look at too is I don't think that the NBA wanted two centers to take up three front court spots. Um, I think they really just were like, you know, Jokic has a center spot locked up. And I think, you know, that's the way I kind of viewed it. Obviously, Andrew Wiggins had more fan votes than Rudy Gobert, but, um, you know, the media and the players get votes too. And I think they just didn't really want two centers to get a spot in the All-Star game as starters. Um, but I'm sure Carlin Towns and Rudy Gobert will both make it as reserves. Um, and then for me to talk about the East, I really have no problems with it, um, other than the fact that Giannis should have been the All-Star captain. Uh, especially with Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant not playing. Um, I mean, Kevin I, Durant has the experience. This is his tenth All Star, twelfth, twelfth actually, yeah, All Star appearance, and he just has so much experience. He was the captain last year as well. Um, yeah, but I mean, I think I just think Giannis has played better than him this year. The Bucks, you know, look so much better when Giannis is leading their team versus you know the Nets still look good with Kevin Durant out because um, they're a super team. Um, and I just I think Giannis played better. He doesn't get hurt like KD does. Um, KD's hurt. I mean, and I I really I think, don't like the same captains every year. They got to switch it up. Like LeBron. Yeah, I agree, but I think captains comes down a little more to experience. Like it's as long as LeBron and KD are in the league and not in the same uh like conference, they're probably going to be the captain just because they've been at it for so long and they're seen as like the leaders of the NBA with the experience they have. Yeah. Which I, I understand. I just think that they got to change the way the all-star captain selection and honestly just draft works in general. Um, and then also... Yeah, I feel like it's kind of a letdown Yeah, where it's just the same captains over. I thought for sure it would be Curry and Giannis, which would like mm-hmm. mix it up, and I thought that would be a lot more fun than having... Yeah, I like, agree. So that LeBron way someone and, wouldn't draft yeah, Wiggins exactly. last. Yeah, exactly. And that, yeah. that being LeBron and Durant being back again is just kind of like a remix of the same story yeah and actually to go off what george said i think it would be funny if curry's an all-star captain like i couldn't imagine he picks wiggins first round but like I feel you like have, have to take to. your teammates first i mean kd yeah took i know kyrie but, first last but, but kyrie is kyrie's an all-star level player andrew wiggins yeah he's an all-star but like he's not a you know kyrie level player yeah um, it doesn't matter Giannis will still show out with that 100 percent field goal percentage yes sir just still, like last and year. he'll still win the nba all-star mvp and like, then it's just back also so. to go off something we haven't talked about yet too um you know some people again mostly heat fans they were complaining about oh we're the top seed in the east right now we deserve a starter um and people are saying you know with kd out who's going to take his starting spot a lot of people are arguing for Jimmy Butler, but I personally think it's going to be Jason Tatum. It'll be Tatum. 100%. Again, it yeah, I be. think it should be. I love the way Jimmy Butler plays. I think he has such a huge role in their team, but that team is super well coached by Eric Spolstra, and they're just a good overall um, team. Yeah, yeah, so Kyle Lowry assists really well. Uh, Bam Adebayo rebounds really well, and Jimmy Butler scores really well. Um, complemented with uh, some great depth they have on their team. Yeah, like Tyler yeah, Hero. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, t- the real reason I feel like the Heat are playing so well this year is because they're getting that depth help from Tyler Harrow. Tyrone Hero. Ty- yeah. Tyrone Hero. <laughs> Tyler Harrow is. I feel like he's just playing so well this year that it complements their stars that they can play. They can. It allows Eric Spolstra to coach their team differently since they have that sort of depth on their team that they didn't have previously. I mean, he's basically locked for top two of six men at this point. Exactly. Oh, yeah. It'd be crazy if yeah. he didn't get yeah. it. Um, the one argument I could really see for Tatum not getting it is the Celtics really have not performed well this year. 
Um, I mean, they blew a huge lead to the Bulls, and their record isn't great. And I, th- uh, the uh, what I'm hearing from the Celtics community is that a lot of that is due to Tatum feeling like he has to take the shots all the time, and him just throwing up a lot of really stupid three pointers um, when he is a teammate, of course, and has great options like Jalen Brown. And their cast isn't as stellar, but um, it really seems like Jason Tatum's trying to do the most. And this year, it really hasn't worked Dude, out. Dude, don't like forget about don't forget about Al Horford, bro. Al Horford is oh, a great. Oh, I forgot. As a Sixers fan, how can I forget Al Horford? All right. Well, <laughs> the one counter argument I have towards that is just that like Trey Young is a starting point guard as the 12 seed, and like yeah, he's put up amazing numbers, but to, yeah, they, they, certainly. I think when it comes to MVP, they care more about record. But I think. All star, they just all want to see what all you're, yeah, all you're star doing. Just so, That's why I, was I think so... Tatum's taken over Durant. And with how was... goofy the East has been this year too. It's yeah, well, yeah, and that's why I was so shocked that they went with uh, Andrew Wiggins because I, it, it's not about record with all star starters. That's yeah, why yeah. I was like so shocked because his numbers do not reflect well, starter at yeah, all. Yeah, it's very contradictory because the Suns didn't have a starter; they have the best record. But Wiggins gets in with Curry, and they have the second yeah, best record. I, I don't well, know. well, yeah, and the Suns aren't even at ten losses yet. And, I find it interesting, too. I heard Carl Anthony Towns said he actually voted for Andrew Wiggins to be uh, one of the all-star frontcourt players, which I find interesting because, I mean, they were teammates before, so maybe that played into it a little bit. But you'd think that Carl Anthony Towns would vote for other people. I don't know. I mean, the way I'm looking at it, and this, this, it's a little bit of a weird way to think about it, but if I'm Carl Anthony Towns, the way I'm looking at it is I have my player vote. I'm going to vote for a guy that doesn't look suspicious to vote for. Like, I'm not going to vote for the last place um, guy, but I'm going to vote for a guy that is probably not going to be a starter so I can get my starter role. And yeah, he chose the wrong guy, and he didn't get the starter role he was hoping for or the other player votes. But um, I don't know. I, I think this Wiggins thing is going to be an anomaly for years to come, and there's not really going to be an explanation for it. Yeah, and I just wish Anthony Edwards could be a forward, though. But uh, anyway, um, we're going to start by uh, also talking about the divisional games. And yeah, um, starting with the divisional games, I'd I'd like to give a sincere apology to all the Packers fans out there um, and Niners fans. Packers fans, because you guys just fucked up so bad, it's ridiculous. Yeah, woo! And the Niners fans, I I said some pretty awful things like how the Packers were going to put your face in the dirt, um, how they were going to curb stomp you, how they were going to turn Jimmy G into a bloody pulp. And well, technically, we, we did turn Jimmy G into a bloody pulp. Yeah, Jimmy yeah, G didn't yeah. play great, but um, I, I, I knew that the Packers' defense and special teams was going to fail Aaron Rodgers at some point. What I failed to take into account was that Aaron Rodgers would also fail himself. And Niners fans, I'm, I'm sorry for doubting you and um, the sexiest man alive, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, uh, as, as a Packers fan myself, it was, it was just disappointing to watch. I mean, it, I kept thinking, like, our defense is getting so much pressure. We for sure would have, like, the time, like, where we would have opportunities to score. And we did. It's just our special teams, which has always been a problem. I mean, for God's sakes, Matt LaFleur before the game said, we have a great shot at winning this game. I hope our special teams doesn't screw it up. (laughs) Well, they screwed it up. Yes, sir. 
Yeah, it's crazy how Mason Crosby still seems to have a job. Um, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't even his fault. He didn't even miss a kick. It's just like it got blocked. It's nothing he can control. Well, I well, think this year he has been kind of oh, atrocious. Oh, this year he's been so. atrocious. I, yeah. I have texted many a times to other people saying, cut him, cut him, cut him. I think the interesting thing is after watching uh, HBO Max's uh, show, for, uh, you know, Hard Knocks in season with the Colts, their special teams coach, you know, they – they can actually plan to block kicks like that. Like, I didn't think it was really possible. I thought it was, you know, kind of a lucky thing. But their special teams coordinator uh, actually was telling their players before one of their games that, hey, like, we can block on these punts. We can block these kicks. And you know what happened? They called for, you know, their pump block unit to go out, and they got a block on that exact play. So I wonder if the Niners saw a weakness in the Packers, you know, special teams blocking. Um, I mean, they were the last ranked uh, special team in the league. Oh yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. it it was bad. But as as a number one seed, you've got you cannot be number thirty two in in a yeah uh, in a category and expect to win games. A crucial part of the game as well. Like special teams plays a large part. Aaron Rodgers can only do so much in a game. Well, and he didn't do. Well, much at all this past week, and he definitely did not do enough. Everyone was expecting him to perform, and you can't be. The kind of quarterback who goes and calls out shots and calls demands and like puts the Packers under your thumb and then score ten points in a divisional game at yeah. home field advantage. Yeah, not only that, but like in like, the frozen tundra exactly. too. It, in That's Lambeau, their home. They let Lambeau. a team from California come and beat them well, in Lambeau. And, yeah. and Jimmy Garoppolo struggled, and so did yeah. George Kittle. He had a couple drops, like wide open drops. There was the one that just bounced off his hands. You know who didn't though? Debo Samuel. Well, he didn't. Yeah. He didn't he's catch a star. the ball. He didn't, I mean, he didn't catch Debo, the ball much. He's a monster in the making. I, I'm gonna be afraid of Debo for years to come. I'm glad he's on my dynasty team because <laughs> you can't stop him. No matter where he lines up, he's a danger to you. So it, I wanna, I wanna talk about the Niners for a second. Kyle Shanahan is a top five coach in the NFL. I don't care what anybody says. He took that team to a Super Bowl two years ago, and so often do we hear, you know. You need a good quarterback to win games. You need a good quarterback to win a Super Bowl. They have Jimmy bleeping Garoppolo as their quarterback. Like, Fucking come on. <laughs> like, like in that game, too, Like that was a game that Trey Lance was destined to play in. Snowy game. He's from North Dakota. You know, Jimmy G struggling. Jimmy G broke his finger, you know, a oh. couple weeks ago. This is Trey Lance's game to shine. And I just I, – I can't believe they didn't make the switch, but obviously it worked out for him in the end. But, I mean, talking about special teams, too – we saw how crucial it was also with the Bengals. Evan McPherson's hit four game-winning field goals this season. Uh, he broke the record for most 50-plus yarders in a season as a rookie. Um, special teams is super crucial. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on the Bengals-Titans game? Um, I mean, yeah, Evan McPherson's great, but Fucking maybe legend. maybe he's the next coming of Justin Tucker, but there was someone a little better. Joe Shiesty is the real deal. I... I cannot believe how crazy he is. He's in his second season, coming off a terrible injury, one that many NFL players have lost their careers to. And he just... Now, Jamar Chase is fantastic, but like he couldn't do it without Joe Burrow. They're a team. Um, and it's just really incredible to see this team that two years ago, first overall pick. Last year, fifth overall pick. And now they're in the AFC Championship. I mean, it's just, I can't think of anybody that's, like, not already a rival of the Bengals who's not cheering for them at this point because they're the craziest underdog story right now. 
Yeah, and we hate Mahomes. Jackson yeah, Mahomes. That Jackson is. Mahomes. Jackson Mahomes. Brother, bro, yeah. That has got a fucking Patrick shit, Mahomes, bro. we don't have Patrick an Mahomes on. isn't. <laughs> that's how, I, I don't mind Patrick Mahomes. It's just Jackson Mahomes. But his wife and his brother are <laughs> giving me a tumor. Yeah, yeah their, their controversy just seems to follow them, and I feel like Patrick Mahomes will always be paying for that. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, even in the Bills game, she still find a way to get, they won in overtime, and she still find a way to draw controversy to her. I yeah, don't. and we'll talk about that overtime game a little later, but uh, sticking with Joe Burrow, hopefully he doesn't get in a relationship like that, because he's been balling. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, he's too cold. And then, uh, I mean. To take nine sacks in a game, too, and still yeah, like, take, come out on top exactly, is insane. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. But, like, I mean, that's why people were, like, saying, like, oh, they should have drafted Penny Sewell. I don't think their offensive line is what they needed. I think I think Jamar Chase was a great choice for them, and that chemistry cannot be like taught. It has to. be I mean, developed. that's not to say they don't need no line. Well, yeah, <laughs> obviously they need a line, but I'm saying it obviously wasn't the most important thing if they don't have a line still and they're getting sat nine times and they're still in the AFC Championship. <clears throat> obviously, um, wasn't the most important thing in the world. I'm going to confess on the biggest mistake I have made this entire year and probably of my life in watching football. Um, after the draft and after the preseason, I was completely fooled. I said that the Bengals are going to be the worst team in the NFL this year. Uh, I said Jamar Chase was a horrible pick. He's going to be a bust. He hasn't played football in two years. Um, boy, I mean, was I entirely wrong. your fault. He said that the balls were harder to see in yeah, the NFL. But, but boy, was I wrong. And I, I recently actually saw a TikTok about how, you know, you draft Panay Sewell you know, you improve the O-line. You're not really risking much. It's a safe pick, but you'll probably still have a top 10 pick next year because you're not going to get any, you know, big-time plays. And I don't think that's necessarily true because of how Joe Burrow played uh, in the last stretches of the NFL uh, regular season and playoffs. But I don't know if they would have actually made the playoffs with Panay Sewell. But if you draft Jamar Chase, you got, like, a, you know, it's a risky pick, but you got a player that can make massive plays and just win you football games. Um, so yeah, I was and way off on that. There's a connection there too. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the next game we're gonna move into is uh, the Rams Buccaneers game. Now, as with most Buccaneers and Buccaneers games, uh, the game didn't really get interesting until the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's uh, accurate. Tom Brady tried to do it again, but unfortunately couldn't. Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup kind of denied him. But I mean, like, if we're like gonna actually like think about this, like. The Rams' defense played so well, and their offense put up points. It's just like they said they would, but then they started to fold towards the end. They couldn't finish it. Cam Akers had some large fumbles down the stretch, something I was expecting him not to do. I thought he was going to pick up right where he left off before he got hurt, but uh, he, he really just couldn't couldn't keep it up. Uh, and unfortunately, he lost that fumble within the two minutes to even let them have a chance of tying the game. Lucky, lucky for him, the Rams' offense and Cooper Cup are just so skilled. That connection him and Matthew Stafford have, I mean, that throw was just incredible as well. Yeah, his like you've got Nadonica Sue rushing into your face, about to maul you, and you still manage to throw a bomb fifty yards downfield, dot right into the arms of Cooper Cup. Yeah, um, I think that like with the injuries on the Bucks O line with Tristan Wirfs and uh, Ryan Jensen, it was just a field day for Aaron Donald and Von Miller to come in there and wreck some house. Like it was, they really had Tom Brady clamped up for a lot of that game. But you know, I was saying the whole game, it looks bad now, but Tom Brady in the fourth quarter is a demon and. 
I was right. I was rooting for the Rams this game, and luckily they were able to uh, hold on. And we got a lot of questions answered um, going into the season. People were wondering whether Matthew Stafford could perform in the big games because we never really got to see him do that in Detroit. And I think it's fair to say he did. Um, he didn't really do anything too terrible that game, and the snap that went over his head was not his fault, in my opinion. Um, and I'm, I'm just glad to see that uh, the Rams can uh, get another shot at the Super Bowl. Um, this time, they managed to take Tom Brady out before it. Uh, Tyler? Yeah, so Tom Brady played one of the best games of his entire NFL career just to be ruined and blindsided by Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator of the Buccaneers. He, he just screwed over that first half of the game. Horrible, horrible play calling. Bruce Arians had to do a better job of just telling him, come on, let Tom call the plays, let Tom run with it, because Tom's the GOAT, um, and he will easily demolish the Rams if he got to choose his plays the whole game. Uh, second half, they made adjustments, and one of those adjustments had to have been, Tom, you make the calls, because you saw that switch, and Tom Brady, like they said, is the comeback king, the GOAT. He's going to make you know the game interesting, which he did. Um, and then I am just so confused on then what the Buccaneers did on defense with Todd Bowles. Why are you calling a blitz with less than 30 seconds left in the game, and you're playing against Cooper Cup, who is probably going to win Offensive Player of the Year this year? I mean, he's a triple crown. I, that, like, yeah, I, I just I don't understand the why they're blitzing. triple crown winner in, like, what, 21 years? You like, can't have a second-year like safety who is – Kind of slow, honestly. And he was playing. He's playing man to man. Yeah, like, and he that, and it's press not, too. It's just, Cooper yeah, Cup will was, burn him any day of the week. It's, like it's just horrible it, play Cup calling. Has shown throughout the season that he can do. He can make plays like that, and you're still gonna test him. I just didn't think yeah, it was a smart decision. Horrible, horrible play calling. Um, and if that's it for Tom, I mean, I really hope it's not. And Giselle's got to pull her act together and let him play at least one more season because I want to see him at least end with a ring. Hopefully ten, as I have told uh, these guys multiple times. Um, Hopefully not. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, let's move on to the Bills-Chiefs game. We got, you know, hot takes coming on this game. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, was, uh, I mean, this was one of the best games I've ever seen in my lifetime. I mean, it's right up there with the Rams-Chiefs uh, game, regular season game a couple weeks ago, a couple years ago. That was in my opinion, the best regular season game of 100%, all time. 100%. 100%. I mean, it was it was just a show to watch. I mean, Josh Allen was – he's showing why he's going to be the future of the NFL. I think Patrick Mahomes was a little bit overshadowed by his offensive talents. Next mm-hmm. one, I mean, I Josh agree. Allen didn't even go to Stephon Diggs. He was going to fucking Gabriel Davis. Like Only Gabriel only Davis. Only Gabriel Davis. And the, the Chiefs just couldn't stop him. That just showed their weakness as their defense because, like, if you can't stop – a wide receiver core that only has like one really strong wide receiver and then a couple somebody no one's even heard of before like playing second string scoring four touchdowns setting an nfl playoff record on you yeah i mean even that one route he ran where he broke the guy's ankles it's just it was just embarrassing yeah i agree and i think it showed how much they needed tyron Mack. oh yeah and i think also you look at the quarterbacks you know I've seen so much stuff about the three generations of football, and this is the up-and-coming third generation where we had John Elway um, in his generation, 
uh, and his rival, you know, he had a big rivalry back then. I can't exactly remember who it was um, because, you know, it was like the 1900s. I think it might have been Dan Marino, actually. Um, and then there's Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, huge rivalry. You always saw them playing AFC Championship games against each other. And I think that's what we're getting with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. And Josh Allen outplayed Patrick Mahomes this past weekend. And, you know, the Chiefs double-teamed Stephon Diggs on pretty much every single play and forced Josh Allen to go elsewhere. And the Bucks just didn't have a very strong – or, uh, sorry, the Bills didn't have a very strong receiving core uh, compared to the weapons that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs have. And what this game really came down to – was the awful overtime rules of the Kansas City Chiefs got with the coin flip, the NFL, horrible OT rules. I'm so disappointed. Um, the players, Roger Goodell, everybody needs to have a sit-down and just talk about how can we change this because it doesn't work. Josh Allen didn't get the ball in overtime, and I'm so frustrated with that ending still because Josh Allen, you know he would have scored on his drive too. So, um, Yeah, I mean, last week I said the Chiefs are going to win. And I'm glad I was right, but I didn't want to be right like this. Um, it just it sucks to see that I feel like the Bills really outplayed the Chiefs and just unfortunate circumstances really left out of Josh Allen's hands. Um, I mean, and like, you can't really blame them, though, when there's 13 seconds left on the fucking clock and you yeah. can't hold them yeah. from getting 49 yards. Yeah. They, they got over 49 yards. They got like 53 or something Well, yeah, like that. and a horrible defensive play calling, mm-hmm. too. Exactly. I mean, they they're have, guarding the sidelines yeah. when they have three timeouts. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it just makes no sense. Like, they've got three timeouts. Play the middle. Make them go outside the boundaries. Well, especially because Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey are the best middle-of-the-field receivers, I think, yeah. in the game. Like, you, you're setting yourself up for failure like, Don't play point. the sidelines. The Chiefs had three timeouts, right? Yeah. So, yeah, like, yeah. There was no point there in was, doing that. And, like, um, you, you're going up against the arguably the most gifted athletic tight end in the league oh, yeah, and yeah. the most athletically gifted wide receiver in the league. Well, and how does somebody not, like, uh, Trey Edmonds, not pick up on the fact that Mahomes is literally screaming – do it, Kelsey, do it, do it, do it, on the last play before they kick the field goal. Yeah. I mean, somebody's got to be standing there like, okay, this ball's going to Kelsey, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's literally screaming at him, it's do easier it. To guard, it's not as easy to guard Kelsey as, like, just saying it is. Yeah, like, but they didn't have but, anybody even try to, yeah. it like. like um, I, I don't know. And, obviously, the game, the game ended in overtime uh, without Josh Allen getting the ball. And for years, we've known overtime was bad in the NFL, and – I like to say it's bad. I don't really have a solution for it, um, but I guarantee you we'll see this matchup again. I mean, uh, what did Mahomes say to Josh Allen at the end of the game? It was something along the lines of, I'll see you again or something like yeah, that, or we'll like do that. this again, because that's really what it comes down to. I mean, these are the two best quarterbacks um, in the AFC. Now, we'll see uh, maybe Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow enter that conversation in a year or two, but um, right now, these two are the alphas, and they are going to wreck some house in the AFC. And I was I was just so pleased to see J- uh, Josh Allen's performance. I mean, he really sta- – I mean, he was, he was, like, gifted, and he, you could see he had talent. But it was amazing to see the year difference, how he was able to put it, put that into like his, like usage, like especially his mobility. No one ever saw him being like the running type, and he, here he has more rushing yards than Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson. Yeah, he's a great runner, great like, runner, super gifted. Um, yeah, I think you know Josh Allen is going to win multiple MVPs, and he'll win at least a Super Bowl. I think maybe two. 
or three. Um, and, you know, I think the Bills really need to work on developing that run game because they're just, you know, one-headed, one-dimensional. Um, they need to get, you know, a true wide receiver, too. Um, I think Cole Beasley, Gabriel Davis, they're not going to get the job done. Um, they got some stuff that they can fix. Um, in my personal opinion, after seeing that choke job, um, their owner has to have a big talk with the defensive coordinator on what on God's green earth he was thinking. Um, but, uh, I mean, yeah, that's, I mean the that's not the coordinator they need to be talking to now. They just lost their offensive coordinator. So yeah, they'll need to they're find shopping too, for a yeah. new one. You got to be looking around nice and hard to see who yeah. is the best for Josh Allen. Yeah, right but uh, I've been I've been getting my math skills mixed up recently, but Tyler, with those four games, does that mean you went 0 of 4 on your divisional round picks? Hey, so I I would say I truly went 1 and 3, maybe 2 and 2. Um, and here's why. Let's I said, call a spade a spade yeah, here. You, you went 0 for 4. You went 0 and 4. I, I, I just no want to say, I said if the Niners bench Trey Lance, they win that football game. Had they benched or had they benched Jimmy Garoppolo for Trey Lance, they win that football game. And had they done that, they would have won. I also said that that game is going to come down to the very end. Um, I'm taking a tie on that one. Um, you guys can call it what you want. Uh, and then I'll call, I'll call it an 0 and 4. Yeah, yeah and and the Bills Chiefs game. I mean, the Bills lost by a coin toss, so I don't really count that to my record either way. Uh, but I'm picking up two dubs this week for sure. Um, but before we get to our championship well, picks, I mean, let's go to. The, I went three yeah. for four, so let's yeah, go to the Rodgers yeah, talk. We're gonna, we're so where talk, is Rodgers gonna land? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the most one. Actually, one of the most talked about uh, conversations in sports right now is. What's going to happen to Aaron Rodgers after that last game in Lambeau Field? Uh, and I, I'll start us off here. I think, I, 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 as a Packers fan, I wouldn't mind getting rid of Rodgers at this point. The guy is pulling strings. He's pressing people under his thumbs. He, he's like, he's trying to be the GM of the team. He's trying to become a LeBron-esque type guy, trying mm -hmm. to get players he wants. But he's also being LeBron in the fact that he is choke artisting it. At, like yeah. actively like he he had a game at home he had his hand-picked team he had a good defense his defense showed up and he still only put 10 points on the board and that is just something that you cannot do like i my ideal destinations for him would probably be denver i think denver's the most logical or even new york the giants like i think denver offers the most in terms of like future picks and young weapons like jerry judy but uh, I think New York New York offers the more of the current picks this year inside of the top ten as they have two, and maybe leaving that leaves options open for like Kenny Pickett or Matt Corral and like another offensive young stud like Garrett Wilson as an offensive threat. I I do think the Broncos seem like the more likely destination though. I mean they just hired the Packers offensive coordinator, so I think they're just looking to make a. I think they're gearing up to make a trade. Yeah, and I think you nailed it. I think you know. The biggest thing there is Nathaniel Hackett, the former Packers offensive coordinator, was just hired by the Denver Broncos. And I was listening to Skip Bayless's new podcast. Oh, um, God. Oh, and he, he said something. You know, he's seen it on Twitter. Cowboys, I've seen it on Twitter. Delusional Cowboys fans got to stick Aaron Rodgers is his name. Skip also compared him to LeBron, believe it or not, about how he is a fraud in the playoffs. He wants to take over, be the GM. But, I mean – since he's won the Super Bowl, his playoff record is, I think, 7-9. and nine. That's not GOAT-esque to me. I mean, some people try to say he's the greatest of all time, most gifted of all time. If he's that gifted, he's had some pretty good teams. 
How's he got a losing record since he's won the Super Bowl in like 2010, I believe? No, I, I disagree with that. I think he is the most gifted of all time, but I think he's not the most clutch player of all time. Which is th- that's he why doesn't that's what makes Tom Brady so great is his ability to push through in the playoffs and come up so clutch when it matters. Yeah, I don't know. I I could see that. Um, but yeah, my landing spot. I think he's going to Denver. I think you know Denver with getting Nathaniel Hackett. Packers offensive coordinator I think with the young weapons they have young talent um I think him joining the AFC West could get super interesting with already having Mahomes Herbert and Carr who came up this year um but yeah I think you know all the Broncos really need to give are two first and three seconds and maybe like an offensive weapon um like a tight end like Noah Fant or somebody um but I mean I think he's going to Denver would be my guess I can't imagine he stays in Green Bay um, so yeah, that's my pick. Um, so I don't know. Like this is such a tough situation to say where is Rogers going next because it's not unheard of for Rogers to lose a big game and then bitch like over the off season about uh, how he wants to leave and how like it isn't right for him. And he did this last off season and where was he? Right back in Green Bay playing for him. And if you're Green Bay, I know he's a head case, but. You really don't have a lot of options. I think we kind of know at this point, Jordan Love is not that guy. And yeah, no shit. Green, I don't know that. Yeah, Green no, Bay no, is, no shit. He sucks. Green Bay is a small market team. Nobody wants to sign with them. They don't have the owner to go out and like get you a nice, like big uh, player like that they can sign, um, they can overpay for. Um, they really are about developing talent. Um, and... I, I just think you need to keep a guy like Aaron Rodgers as long as he's useful um, because, like, what else are they going to do? They're not signing any, like, stars to their team. they got to yeah, work with what not. they we, have. We have no, no cap room at all. Yeah. Um, well, I have so a solution. I, think well, that, well, I, yeah, I just I, think so. that Aaron Rodgers is probably going to stay with Green Bay um, I think, I think the only or way he, retire. Well, yeah, I, only, I think the only way he stays with Green Bay, though, is they've got a franchise tag Devontae Adams, and I think that might be enough for Rodgers. If we franchise tag Devontae Adams, we extend his contract. I think Aaron – like, even Aaron came out and said he's the most – Devontae Adams is the most gifted player he's ever played What's with. What's his Rodgers rate is the real question. I know, but, like, <laughs> that's uh, – I think I think if we franchise tag Devontae Adams, that might be enough to convince Rodgers to stay. So speaking of Devontae Adams, I actually recently saw something about how Keenan Allen and Devontae Adams were talking about if they were on the same team, they'd put up 300 yards total. Um, so I think, you know, it would be more likely to see them playing against each other as AFC West opponents, um, especially with also Devontae Adams being a former teammate of Derek Carr at Fresno State. Maybe he goes to the Raiders, but I think that's more likely than uh, them staying with the Packers together. Um, and the solution I have to Aaron Rodgers leaving is Jordan Love. You look at the situation. It's exactly like it was with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was a late first-round pick um, and looked pretty bad his first year. They were 6-10 and 10 his rookie year. Um, I think you got to give Jordan Love two seasons. That's what they gave Rodgers. I think Rodgers won the Super Bowl in his second or third season or sometime relatively early on. Um, yeah, but I think you give Jordan Love two seasons, see what he does. Um, and, you know, you have draft picks from when you trade Rodgers, should they trade Rodgers, um, that they can help to rebuild around Jordan Love and just kind of see where that takes them. Yeah, and I mean, uh, the one thing I will say is – when talking about like the Raiders, uh, I I just think we can't lose another 
top tier wide receiver to the Raiders. I mean, look at Jordy <laughs> Nelson. Jordy Nelson left us and went to the Raiders. Then we signed him for like one day so he could retire a Packer. I do not want to see another one of our like franchise history wide receivers, like all time greats, go and sign with the Raiders and leave us again. I don't know. I just the thing about Denver that seems a little weird to me is I don't think Rodgers wants that kind of competition. Carr twice a year, Herbert twice a year, Mahomes twice a year. They're not the Lions, Bears, and Vikings. Like, Rodgers has well, not played great that's teams. That's the thing, though. Maybe he wants to switch it up and say, you know, I mean, we need more regular got, season fights. He got, like, no, four this, guaranteed this, this wins year, a year. This year was the first year he had, like, a very tough schedule. I would disagree. I don't think they really played anyone. I mean, I could list was... you them off. We list the Rams, the Cardinals, even the Browns were like half good, half the decent Chiefs. for a little bit of time. We played the Chiefs. Yeah, but the Chiefs, Aaron Rodgers didn't play against them. The Rams, you're in the frozen tundra. We saw what happened last year when the Rams came to the frozen tundra. Their defense got exposed. Um, and the Browns, Baker Mayfield played on a broken shoulder like the second half of the season. Also, so he I just wouldn't consider sucks him. A dick. I think next um, year Baker Mayfield's going to turn I mean, but some yeah, heads. you look at, like, the Ravens, um, the up. Seahawks. The Ravens are playing against Tyler Huntley, the though. Like, four, we even played the 49ers. Like, like the, Niners, no. the Niners are a good team, like, I will admit. That was probably one of their tougher games to go into San Francisco, get a win then. That was probably one of their toughest wins. But, like, they played backup quarterbacks for most of their good games, or they played their well, backup we, quarterbacks like, here I can love. I can list off. We so played like, one, Okay, but you, two, you, the Packers three, still had two four. Lions, two Bears, two Vikings. But, know, but and like, you can't tell me that him moving to the AFC West race to play Herbert, Carr, and Mahomes twice a year isn't harder than what he know, did this year. I know, but out of yeah. 17 games, we played, like, we played six playoff teams, almost seven if the Ravens had made it. Mm-hmm. Like, seven playoff teams out of – the 16 is in one season is not a like that's a tough schedule yeah i think i think the thing about their schedule is they had some tough games but they also had so many really really easy games i think their toughest game actually would have been against the Bengals bro, on the, the road fucking cowboys but, fan bro and the eagles fan too you guys like cupcakes and, and, hey hey i'm not denying hey, the no. fact that we have NFC a cupcake East schedule sucks, but yeah. nfc north also sucks yeah they're just less bad all right <laughs> yeah well uh speaking of flaws let's move on to every team's biggest flaw we'll start with the chiefs um, every remaining team's biggest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. every remaining team's biggest. The Lions have too many to list. Uh, the Lions will be on the rise. Shut up. Dude, uh, you literally just close your mouth at yeah. this point. This is another 0-4 divisional round coming. No, no. Um, so starting with the Chiefs, I'll just start us off. Their defense has too many defensive liabilities. Um, you know, when you look at their game against the Bengals before, Jamar Chase went off, and I think they're going to make adjustments to make sure he doesn't go off. But – their defense is just so inconsistent and unreliable, especially when you're going against Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow, especially Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. Like the Bengals have too many offensive weapons. Even C.J. Usama too. Yeah, C.J. Usama has been a beast. Like I think the only way the Chiefs' defense steps up is if they can get pressure like that. Um, and I think that's really going to be what it comes down to is can the Chiefs get pressure because that's the only well, way their defense is going to stop. Well, yeah, stop. and we've seen in the regular season, like, uh, I think it was T-, T. Higgins had that huge game. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. he's shown that he can step up and be like a Gabriel Davis type for Josh Allen where he can he can step up and he can be that wide receiver one mm-hmm. if he has to. And I think, again, my, my big flaw – for the Chiefs was their defense and just literally their whole defense. It's just god awful. Like like they have yeah, they have Chris Jones. Mm-hmm. 
who else? Yeah, <laughs> like, like, they, well, they've Tyron got, Matthew, Tyron but Matthew, he's hurt. concussion he protocol. Is, he's concussion protocol. He's going to be out for the game. Probably more than likely, he'll be out for the game. Like who are gonna who are you gonna slide to next? Daniel Sorensen. Yeah, yeah. like like that's I think the only guy. I, those three are the only people I know who are on the Chiefs. Defense. Something that I like talking about too is the days when the Seahawks defense was what dominated them oh, and carried the them. And you know the Broncos defense winning Super Bowl Fifty. Like I love the days when defense won championships. Um, yeah, that, and that's the way I still Broncos think. And I just don't think too. I don't think the Chiefs defense is a Super Bowl winning defense. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, their offense is just so good that I think the Bengals are the only team that can stop them because I think should they make the Super Bowl, they're going to win it. Um, but that's besides yeah. the point. I mean, well, it's yeah. a completely yeah. offensive game here. Like, Bengals, no O-line, and um, I don't – I think outside of, like, a couple key figures like Trey Hendrickson and uh, Jesse Bates, the Bengals really don't have that good of a defense. They showed up, and though, for the Titans game. They did, but the – Chiefs, did like, did they show up or did Ryan Tannehill yeah. just be Ryan Tannehill? And I mean, did Derek Mar- Henry I mean, come back from his injury too early. Derek Henry coming back, like, he was obviously still hurting, but I don't think, like, you look at that play where Mike Hilton, you know, the Titans were in the red zone and Mike Hilton had that interception. That was just Mike Hilton making a very good play. I don't think that was Ryan Tannehill's fault necessarily. Um, now, that last pick that Ryan Tannehill threw was a horrible idea. I don't know what he was thinking. Yeah. Um, I don't think Ryan Tannehill played well in that game, but I think. The Bengals made some big defensive plays, yeah. and they're going to need to make some plays this weekend you if they're going to win. can't throw three picks somewhere. I don't know. I mean, you the Chiefs, Chiefs defense, real stinker. Um, and I think that it's just going to be a complete shootout. Um, but, I mean, if you look at the last year's Super Bowl, that's why they got killed by so much is because – their mm-hmm. offense couldn't compensate for their defensive liabilities, mm-hmm. which just means that their offense is just going to have to go off in every single game. But if, if, I think if they face a team in the Super Bowl, like the Rams, like the 49ers, that are two very defensive teams, yes. that they will struggle and they might not come out the victor. Yeah, two teams who, I would say the 49ers, their entire identity is really their defense, um, with the exception of... Like, and their run George game. Kittle. Yeah, there's no, like... George Kittle and Debo Samuel. There's Debo Samuel and George Kittle, but um, you think of the Niners. When I think of them, I think of like a powerhouse defense that's going to just knock you down and keep you down. Definitely, well, and it's not um, like they even have stars in their secondary, too. They just play so well. And Kyle mm-hmm. Shanahan, and, I mean, they lost Rob Sala last year, obviously, but they're still extremely well-coached defensively. And yeah. They're, yeah, they're a defensive team. They're a power run. They, like, punch you in the throat with their run game. Yeah. Um, but Which we're not talking we, about strengths here. I mean, Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think if, we have, if we're talking weaknesses, the Niners definitely has to be Jimmy G just – like I get, he's been to a Super Bowl. He's in the NFC Championship now, but he's no like he's not Patrick Mahomes, Joe Shiesty, or Matt Stafford. Like he is a very clear weak link in the QBs left. And I think that if the Niners, I I don't think the Niners are winning this week, and I think that's really gonna fall on uh, Jimmy G for that one. Yeah, and I have to say that. Um... I also agree. Like Jimmy, it's the they're the exact opposite of the Chiefs because their defense is so strong, but their weakness and their flaws lie with Jimmy G and their inability to pass outside the hashes. And their versatility is good, and their like passing in the middle is so good. But like you've got to think when teams are able to take that away and when teams are able to pressure Jimmy G. Like I 
I don't even I don't know how he didn't throw. He only threw one interception in that Packers yeah. game. Like he threw so many bad passes. There was one throw that I saw Eric Stokes. He he was just so focused on the receiver. He literally mm-hmm. could have had a pick six. Oh yeah, he could have oh, yeah. had a pick six easy. That. Like it was it could have been effortless. But like Jimmy G, he gets under pressure. He makes bad decisions. He makes bad throws. It, it's just going to cost them, and they're going to lose one of these games because of him, and that's going to be their biggest flaw. I think the 49ers are really interesting to watch because, like I kind of said earlier, they have a really good defense, but they don't really have any like big-time superstar players on their defense, and I think it's because they're so smart. Um, watching that Packers-Niners game last week, they confused Aaron Rodgers. Like At the end of the day, it's not like they were like, you know, you know, just better than the Packers' offense. I think they just threw so many different formations and plays and just outsmarted the Packers, which is why their defense was able to, you know, play so well. But Jimmy Garoppolo is their biggest link, biggest weakness. Um, he can't throw the ball further than 15 yards down the field. Um, he also probably is their biggest link. I mean, have you seen yeah. him? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, He's like Link, bro. He's sexy as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but... um. Yeah, I think he's not very good. Um, you know, I've been calling for Trey Lance. I want to see them be an exciting football team to watch. He's not exciting. He's not good. Um, and I think Trey Lance really brings those things out. Obviously, he's not going to get started until after the season unless Jimmy G gets hurt or gets COVID or something. Um, but let's be real. He's in California, and they're going for a Super Bowl, so he's not going to get COVID. Um, so, yeah, Jimmy G's their biggest weakness, and – Again, if they end up losing, it's because their offense isn't going to be able to produce enough enough because of Jimmy G. And that's going to take us to our last team, and their opponent in the NFC Championship round is the Rams. And I think the Rams' biggest their biggest flaw is their inconsistency. And it's not just inconsistency on their offense, as someone might think. They might think, oh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Like Their offense is so inconsistent. But you've got to think about their defensive inconsistency because in the Bucks game, they played so well the whole game. And then in the fourth quarter, they just had Tom Brady walking all over them. And, like, they they had played so well up into that point. They had confused Tom Brady, pressured him. He hadn't been able to put up many points. And then all of a sudden, they just folded like a lawn chair and let him walk all over him. And, like, quick drives – like took up no time off the clock, easy yeah. points. They really just got sloppy, is what it was. Like the yeah, especially yeah, like, when especially the center snapped the ball too early. Well, yeah, and Jalen and Jalen Ramsey, the supposed lockdown corner, like in well, the he NFL, is. he is, he's amazing. But even he got he made one, by yeah, he Mike made one Evans. mistake. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I think inconsistency is their big thing, and I mean. I think their offense is much more inconsistent than their defense, although their defense has shown to be pretty inconsistent. Um, I think the issue with their offense is they're just so ridiculously one-dimensional with the Matt Stafford-Cooper Cup connection. Um, I think if you take that away and kind of take Cooper Cup out of the game, don't let him get any more than you know 50 receiving yards, I don't see a player like Odell having that Gabriel Davis game where he's going to have 200 yards and four touchdowns. I think Odell's better than him. But, I mean, I I just don't think Odell's at at that You've got to look at, like, it's like Debo Samuel. Like, you can prepare for Debo Samuel. You can teach versatility, but he is just – they use him in so many different ways. Yeah, he's just too good. He's too good to plan for, and I think Cooper Cup's the same way. He can line up outside. He can line up inside. He can do a slant and out of streak. Like, he has so many different variations of – Mm-hmm. Uh, routes and lineups he can run 
that he is just so hard to plan for. And I think oh, that's yeah. why he's kept success throughout the season. Yeah, and I mean, at the end of the day, Kyle Shanahan, like I said, is such a smart coach. The Niners' defense is so smart that what it's going to come down to is can they come up with some grand solution that's going to stop Cooper Cup? Um, because at the end of the day, if Cooper Cup goes off and has a day, sure the Niners can win and sure Debo Samuel can go off, but it's not as likely that they'll win if Cooper Cup goes off. Um, but anyways, now let's move on to the Bengals. Uh, the last one. I think we're all going to really agree here that their worst yeah, we piece can, is their yeah, O-line. We, we can make yeah. this quick. Yeah, we, can, we can just move off. Joe them, Burrow basically. will get the shit yeah, sacked out of him. He, well, yeah. I mean, not, not in the Chiefs game, I don't think. I think Chris Jones might be a problem. But I, I think we can just move on. It won't one. be like the Titans. I, I think we can move yeah, on yeah. this one pretty, pretty quickly. Yeah. It's, it's just it's, it's so obvious. It's throw a line and how will Joe Burrow handle it. But, yeah. Anyway, let's move on to our picks for the championship round. Uh, we'll start with the Bengals and the Chiefs. Uh, all right. So I have the Bengals winning this one 31-28. I think it'll be another shootout. We've already seen a game like this in the regular season. It's, it's going to be the same thing as the Bills game. Neither defense is going to be able to really stop the other's offense. I think Joe Burrow, I think he'll find Jamar Chase, but I think he'll the way he's going to win this game is he's going to have to reach into his bag of tricks and reach to the other to the other Caesars, to T. Higgins, to Tyler Boyd, and reach out to them and kind of use them in ways that he hasn't had to. And I think that's what's going to make them a Super Bowl team is he's going to be able to reach into that and be able to mix it up and be able to show strengths that he hasn't shown throughout the rest of the regular season. And I think the Chiefs' defense will just completely sell them. I think, for me, kind of going off what Hunter said, I have the Bengals beating the Chiefs. I think what it's going to come down to is which defense is going to make a bigger stop at the end of the day because the offenses are so explosive. Um, and I just trust Cincinnati's defense so much more than I trust Kansas City's, especially with you know the injuries to Tyron Matthew and the inconsistency that the Chiefs have had this year. I think, you know, Jamar Chase is going to get doubled. You you know that's coming after what happened to Stephon Diggs last week, and I just think there are too many weapons on the Bengals' offense with, you know, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, C.J. Uzoma, and Joe Burrow's going to get the job done. He's a smart quarterback. He doesn't play like he's a second-year quarterback. Um, he's smart. I think he can actually go into Kansas City in the arrowhead and get the win. Um so, yeah, I got the Bengals beating the Chiefs because their defense is going to come up clutch. But I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, too. I think both teams will score in the 30s, but uh, it'll come down to that stop. Yeah, so um, I think that I, – I hate to say it, but I think the Chiefs will win. And I, I'm rooting for the Bengals on this one. I just – I think that the Bengals have done so much more than what they've been asked to this season. And it's fine that this is the end of the line for them. They shouldn't even be in this position, and it's so cool to see them here. Um, I just think the Chiefs are just so much more experienced in QB, head coach, um, just all the positions, really, that they're going to be ready for this type of game. And um, the Bengals are – they're just so new to this landscape that it's really going to play a big factor, um, and it's going to look like – JV versus varsity experience wise I think there's good players on both sides of the ball for every team but I'm gonna have to take the Chiefs for this one all right so that's gonna move us into the next game which is the Rams 49ers the night game I think it's the night game yeah yeah night it's game. the night 6 30 p.m and, uh, so I think this is going to be a defensive battle I think both defenses are gonna have I think both defenses are going to come up clutch. I think there's going to be a couple turnovers, maybe two 
a pick thrown by each quarterback and a fumble by one uh, one team. Uh, I think I trust the Rams' defense to contain Jimmy G and Debo more than I trust the 49ers' defense to con- contain Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham and uh, Matt Stafford. I think it'll be a low-scoring game, like 21-14, 24-14, but I do have the Rams coming out of this one victorious. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to agree. I think that um, Rams are just fantastic on both sides of the ball. Um, Niners are great on defense, and they're all right on offense. And I just – I don't think these are really even teams. I know that the 49ers have just thrashed the Rams in six of their last meetings, but I don't know. I just – something about the – fiery spirit of McVeigh and Stafford and Cup in this game seems like they are ready to win it all and they're not going to give anything less than the best yeah and I think half of what you said is true um Kyle Shanahan at the end of the day and don't take this personally but I love Sean McVeigh Kyle Shanahan owns him though six and oh in their last you know six games I think the 49ers are going to beat the Rams um you know, at the end of the day, the 49ers defense has been super good against literally everybody they've played recently. I think they're just, like I said earlier, they're just smart. Um, and I think also the Niners are the hottest team in the league. You know, they had to win to get in. And then once they got in, they had to go on the road and beat two very difficult teams to play against. Um, and I think the Rams just, you know, have been a little too inconsistent down the stretch, especially even last week. Their second half performance was awful. Um, and at the end of the day, if it comes down to it, we've seen all these games come down to field goals. Robbie Gold is the best kicker remaining, um, maybe besides Evan McPherson, but Robbie Gold's seen everything. Um, and, heck, I trust him with a 65-yarder in SoFi Stadium for the game. He's perfect in his playoff career. Um, and I just like the Niners in this one. I think this is a very good game that I feel like the Niners kind of give me that feel that they're going to win. Um, and I think we could be – Seeing that 49ers-Bengals uh, rematch from the 1900s. Uh, so, guys, all right, if you uh, if you you heard Tyler's picks, if you want to lock in your fades while you can, try and fade all of his picks. Nah, uh, nah, nah. That, You're going to make a mistake. You'll make a mistake. All right, so we're going to move and end this episode with, again, our locks of the week. So I'm going to start off. So on Sunday, these I got two games on Sunday. My first one is the Rams' money line over the 49ers. I feel like this is just its just a lock. There's no explanation. I feel like it's not like the Packers 49ers. I feel like the Rams, even though they have met and they have lost, I feel like the Rams know what they're coming up against going into it. And I think they're riding the momentum of their win. I, I think their defense is prepared. I think the defensive battle, I think the Rams' defense is stronger and the 49ers' offense is weaker. And... The Rams don't struggle with special teams, so the 49ers special teams can't carry them. I, I, I just think this is obvious. Uh, and then my next game on Sunday is the Suns' money line over the Spurs. And their last, I, I considered going spread, but in their last couple meetings, the Suns have, uh, they, they just dominated the Spurs. They beat them by like 20 last time, and then they beat them by like 14. Uh, but the only reason I wouldn't go spread here is the spread is so large, and the Suns are com- on the, sp- the Spurs are coming off a couple hot games. They're on like a four-game win streak, five-game win streak now. I-, I just think it's not safe to play spread. As I lost my Bucks spread last time by two points, I think I'm gonna stick to the money lines on this one. 
Uh, and then my last game on Tuesday is actually the Bucks money line over the Wizards. I feel like Giannis is going to come back. Uh, we'll have Grayson Allen back from suspension. We'll definitely have uh, an easy time going over the Wizards. I feel like they're just not as round of a team as we are. They have good positions at certain positions, but like I feel like the Bucks are just overall better team, and they'll win this one easily. I again, the spread is not. I don't feel confident going spread after last time, but uh, definitely the money line is a safe bet. So for me, um, all of mine are just outright wins. Um, I picked all NBA games. Uh, starting off with Saturday, the 76ers play the Kings, and I, I'm pretty confident that the Sixers are going to win. The Kings are 30th in defending against centers in the league, um, and Joel Embiid right now is well, a top two center in the league. It's debatable whether him or Jokic um, is uh, better. Um, and, uh, my other one on Sunday, the Bulls play the Blazers and <laughs> the Blazers just suck. I don't, they're at 20 wins right now, which how they got 20 wins, I have no idea, but like they are, they're a fraud team and the Bulls, DeMar's an all-star starter. He's got stuff to prove and I think I really like them in that game. And my final game, uh, also on Sunday, the Mavericks play the Kings. Uh, sorry, not the Kings, the Magic, um, Mavericks Magic. And this Magic team has 10 wins at the moment, which how they just hit double-digit wins is absurd. This team sucks, and Luka Doncic will rip them a new asshole. All right. Um, I really, 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 really really wanted to pick the Niners over the Rams for lock of the week. Um, but but I didn't. I don't trust Matt Stafford, but at the end of the day, like they said, it's not a lock. So first lock I have is on Sunday. I get the Cavs beating the Pistons. Cavs are a hot team. They've played really, really well. They play well together. Pistons just are horrible. So obviously I'm going Cavs over the Pistons. Um, That's Sunday, by the way. Uh, Tuesday, uh, I'm going college basketball. I have LSU beating Ole Miss. LSU, I think they're 12th in the country right now. Um, They've played really well in the SEC. Ole Miss is not, um, so I'm taking LSU in that game. And then back to the NBA on Wednesday, Pacers over Magic. Same reason George said. Magic are horrible. I don't really like the Pacers at all. The Pacers aren't a very good team, but they're playing the Magic, so I'd take the Pacers in that one. Yeah, they've got that DeMontis-Sabonis matchup that I like, as well as the Malcolm Brogdon uh, versus Cole Anthony matchup, which will be interesting. Yep, 100%. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to wrap up this episode. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for next week of the Sofa Sports Podcast. We'll talk more about the All-Star Reserves as well as our thoughts on the conference championship for the NFL. And we'll also talk about the Super Bowl uh, in three weeks.